Hey guys, welcome back to Double D Vintage Baseball Cards, and more importantly, a Turn Back the Clock episode number eight, and I'm joined with my co-host, Adam. Adam, how's it going? Awesome, man. Excited to be joining you again. This is great. I can't believe we've done eight already. Well, yeah, I haven't done eight. This will be eight. Time flies. It's really crazy. You did, You think, you know, you're, I remember doing my first YouTube video, all scared and, you know, and then all of a sudden... Boom! It's a year, year and months later, and I feel like I'm best friends with everybody. And when I go on these, uh, do these videos, I'm not nervous in any way, shape, or form anymore. It's like hanging out with my best friends and talking about things that I've loved my whole life by myself. So it, it's just gonna be a really fun episode tonight, you guys. We've got a few things in store. Our standard, we're gonna do a show and tell on our recent pickups of you know, whenever the last month or what we're collecting in the moment. And then we also, the big thing we're going to really discuss is our vintage cards in a bubble. And now we've got this because there were two podcasts and we will mention those later or two YouTube channels that discussed this in one of them in, in pretty good detail. And it was very good. And we'll talk about that. And then the other one was Sports Card Investor, who just touched on it a little bit, but he brought out the other episode. So um, I thought it was relevant, and, and actually Adam's the one that, that said, hey, we should talk about this. And I love talking about what cards are worth and what I think cards are going to be worth and the value of cards. I'm not just a collector who just buys anything that comes along, which I, I do too. I love certain cards. But I really, truly realize that I like to put my opinions out there about my thoughts in my brain and my whole life, why I bought certain cards. There was a time where I bought Michael Jordan rookies, Wayne Gretzky rookies, Nolan Ryan rookies, all these greats in like 2000. So I've had these thoughts my whole life. So it's fun to hear other people's opinions in the hobby, whether we're in the vintage bubble and what that entails. It's not as drastic as you guys are probably thinking right now. Um, but with that said, Adam, why don't we talk about our pickups? And I'm going to go, with, you're going to show yours first. And I know you've been collecting a certain player. And I think I, I feel like I kind of started that with the big banger that, that I sent you raw. And then it came back to PSA 10. So go ahead and dive deep into what you've been collecting lately and, and why. Yeah, I got some good pickups here. And uh, I, I think, I don't remember what show it was on, but pretty recently we made this pack that we were going to, not buy any like big cards until the national. Well, uh, I haven't really, I, I haven't really been on that train yet, but uh, maybe we'll get there. We'll see. <laughs> not, uh, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, it's tough not to buy that when they, when they pop up, you know? So yeah, I got some cool pickups here. Uh, I, I figured I'd show this one first cause this is uh, pretty relevant to our show. This is a, a turn back the clock card that I've had a save search for, for years in PSA 10 and it finally popped up pretty recently. This is the Roger Maris 1986 turn back the clock. And this is a uh, PSA 10 Tiffany copy. Here. Oh my gosh. Hold on. I'm exiting you from the solo mode to tag team you <laughs> pull it up. I actually picked this one up this last in the last couple of weeks. And this is the turn back the clock with the uh, stamp on it from our buddy oh, yeah. Shane Qbox legends. Dude, that's awesome. Tag team them. Bam. Yep. Love That's it. So sick. All right, back to your solo. So picked up That's that the baby. Tiffany, Tiffany ten. The Tiffany, yeah, I, and uh, I'm I was cool with the non-Tiffany, but the Tiffany popped up, and the other one hasn't. So I figured I'll just all right, I'll go with Tiffany. As you know, the even in PSA ten, these cards are 
not too expensive. So uh, I was well, just. What, can, can we, I, I want to ask, how much does that cost? Because I know the Tiffany's, if you guys aren't aware, they're around the 5,000 print run. I know there's different years that are a little slightly different, but let's just say 5,000. And that is 89, right? Oh, this is 86. This 86. is 86. Yeah. 86. Uh, and I, I, honestly, it was less than a hundred, but I think it was like, you know, uh, maybe 90, bu- I don't know, 70 bucks or 90 bucks. Wow. something like that. I'd have to wow. double check, but, uh, you know, and that's, that's not cheap, but, um, that sounds like a steal because I mean, this card, the Roger Maris show that card again. So we know what we're talking about. I mean, that that's 1961 top shown is like the Mecca Roger Maris card. That's his year. He broke the Babe Ruth record. And you got so the, what is, Tiffany what a stunning there. card, Adam. That, yeah. that, I'm jealous of that card, to be honest with you. I wish I would have seen that one. Under 100 bucks, I would have bought that all day long. Because, like, you see there's so many raw copies on eBay, but, you know, they're off-centered and they're, they're ungraded and stuff. So it's not like it's a rare card, but it's just hard to find it in PSA 10 because not a lot of people grade it. And, you know, the Tiffany's obviously are a lot harder. So Absolutely. Uh, so we got multi-sports here. Uh, this, was, this was a recent pickup. Right here, this is a uh, 1991 Hoops Michael Jordan dunk card. Now, I've been uh, making some pretty big moves with my collection, trying to sell some bigger cards to free up some funds. And I made a little swap here. So I ended up selling. I had a PSA 10 1988 Fleer uh, all-star card of Michael Jordan. Uh, and if any, anyone knows that card, it's an iconic image of him, this same image, basically, dunking from the free throw line in the dunk contest. And... So I sold that one for, man, that was, I don't know, a few thousand bucks. It was a big card. So I sold it and I ended up picking this one up for a couple hundred bucks or maybe even a little less. So I figured, you know, for whatever, 10% of the price or <laughs> much less of a price, I can get that same image and now I, and I can free up some money too. So not as good of a card, but uh, for me, it, it was just about, I wanted a Jordan card with that image of him dunking from the free throw line. So, I so the one it. you the one you sold had the same image. Yeah, it's a it's the same exact image, a little zoomed out, so you get a little more of the photo. But for me, this was cool. You know, this was really cool, really good idea. And a hard card to find in PSA ten. Another one of these like junk wax era cards that, for Michael Jordan, even you know he gets graded a lot. There's there's just there was like I was looking for for a decent amount of time, and there's just not that many that pop up in PSA ten. This was the only one available online at the time. So hey, look. Do you know, you know me, I'm Mr. Pop Report now that I'm into the modern stuff. What, do you know the Pop Report on that thing? Because I, I feel like those were, there were so many of those. I, I got probably have a dozen of those. I'd have to, it, honestly, I think it's like 100, right around 100 wow. level. For, for a Michael Jordan card, that's, in, you know, for the Junk Wax era, very low. Uh, PS, that's PSA 10 pop. So obviously there's. Okay. Gotcha. You know, low, yeah. But if you're, you're shooting for PSA 10s like I tend to do with the Junk Wax era, then uh, yeah, that's. That's really cool. Figure. I figured I'd go for it. Cause yeah, if you can get a PSA 10 for whatever, a couple hundred bucks and the nine is whatever, like you've said this before, bucks. if it's not that huge of a difference, then I'll wait on the 10, which I did there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, another thing I wanted to bring up is uh, I'm a pretty much a player collector by nature. Um, and one of my, I've collected him off and on, um, but never really that heavily. Uh, and I, you kind of reignited it when you did that trade with me for the uh, Pedro Martinez autograph card that we did pretty recently. And that kind of, you know, that along with the thing I really love about Pedro player collecting that I'm finding now is um, it, it allows me to collect from an era of cards that 
I really have not done. Um, you know, like, so I collect, uh, you know, vintage baseball, vintage basketball, vintage football, but you know, Larry Bird, I collect from uh, basically the eighties to like, he retired in 92. So that, you know, I, I've had a good run of those cards and, and learning about the sets and everything. Um, and then obviously I collect Tom Brady. So that covers me up to pretty much modern day now. But the 90s, um, you know, I, I had stopped collecting in about, I would say, 93, maybe 94. So uh, what's cool about Pedro is he has some awesome cards all the way up to the that I want to collect up to like, you know, mid to late 90s to early 2000s. And there are some just fantastic um, inserts and refractors and just rare stuff that now I'm I'm on the chase for, which is, it's fun. I'm learning about all these these inserts, couple couple pickups here. Uh, th these are these are a little uh, not from a little before that era, but I picked up uh, his true rookie card autographed ten ten. Hey, wait, wait, wait! Is that one that I sent you a listing? And I go, dude, what about this? And you're like, nah, I don't really like the ninety one upper deck one. I changed I like, my mind. What? You I, I was like, you know what? I got to get it because it's his true rookie yes. card. So, yeah, dude, I, I was having like a weird moment. I was like, ah, I won't get that. But I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got it was I think it was four sharp corners got a got a nice oh. uh, good price I think on this one on four sharp corners so that's so Auto. good that's beautiful I mean that that is you know those came in those little mini box sets and that's a classic card you you have to when you told me you didn't have you didn't want that one I was like are you kidding me yeah you know, I have that in a PSA ten from one way back when so that's really cool yeah man and Pedro's my guy you know growing that I I was a huge Red Sox fan. You know, and then obviously they won the World Series in 2004 and he was a big part of that. And just the years before, I mean, going to Pedro games when he was pitching, it was just an electric atmosphere. He was he was the best man, the best pitcher I've ever seen um, in wow. my lifetime, in my opinion, most dominant. Didn't have the longest career, but at his peak, I've never seen a better pitcher. I mean, three unhittable pitches and that's just unbelievable. So I've been picking up, obviously, they got the true rookie card there, Otto, but there's, he's got some other. Uh, you ever seen this one? This is a '92 oh, yeah. Gold Rookies. Uh, not that high of a pop for uh, PSA tens. It's in the you know 140 something like that. Um, so picked up this one here. Got a good deal that, on it too. That's a really cool card. I remember yeah. pulling those out of packs and thinking that was. I mean, because Leaf obviously 1990 Leaf was the the pinnacle for Leaf. Like the that was the classic set. And then when that, I remember pulling those and thinking that was like a million dollar card when I was a kid. I yeah, love, I have that card. Just not as many of them. Yeah, really yep. cool, really cool. So I got that one, um, and then uh, you know I collect Tom Brady too. So I like collecting some of these low dollar cards you can get of his in PSA ten. Here's a little combo card of uh, 2013 tops Patriots card. You got him and Gronkowski. His uh, you know. Big, probably the, the best duo ever, in my opinion, as far as uh, quarterback tight end. And it got into PSA 10, real cheap. I mean, four, four sharp corners. I don't know. It was like, I don't know, 30 bucks or something like that. So, okay. So, mm -hmm. so I don't know. I literally, like, if you guys, I, I do not know football, but I do know that I believe, I'm not going to say I know, but now he's the guy that he brought over to the new team that he played for, correct? Yeah, Gron Gronk is uh, he's a character, man. Uh, they're both retired now, uh, but okay. yeah, just unbelievable. You know, Gronk was like you know six foot seven, six foot eight, tight end, real athletic, and just a character, man. And um, just those two, you know, you get the best quarterback ever, 
and I considered the best tight end ever. And they were just unstoppable, man. You can you literally, he was so big and fast that um, anytime he wanted to go to him, he could basically complete a pass in, in their, their prime together. So I love that. I mean, as a kid, we always have like the, your best friend who is your equal or just below or just above. And you guys, whatever it is, forms a perfect combo. I think that's really cool. And for me, not a football guy, I know nothing. I know about those two players. So it's a cool card for me to see, even though I don't even like football. Yeah. So I love it. It's just a I great image. It's awesome. Yeah. So they're like best friends right there, you know? Oh, they, yeah. They love each other. Uh, and then just a couple other Brady cards. Again, cheap. This is another cheap card, four sharp corners, but just a card I love the look of. Um, you know, for anyone who knows the Patriots, Brady, you, there's not that many cards of his where he has this white uniform. Uh, most of them are in the, you know, the blue one, like I just showed, or, or you know, something like that. Uh, but the, the this is like the throwback. You're you're a vintage guy. This is like the vintage Patriots uniform they used to have back in the day, and then they would break it out every once in a while. So there's not that many cards when he's got the uh, this this white one, and then there's also that's a that's a 2010 score. So that's cool know. to know they do that, like baseball. That's I love that. Yeah, yeah. and then the this one too. This is a little bigger card. This is a shiny 2011 finest refractor. He's got the red, which is also rare. You know, there's not a ton of cards with the red on there. PSA 10. So this was a this was a little bigger purchase, um, but. Wanted to go, wanted to go shiny on this one. So now it's kind of amazing how how those refractors that are not numbered, they are not easy to pull. They no. they weren't like they're very rare. When you look at the pop reports in quotes, like it, they're not common cards. And and back in the day, you know, you didn't you didn't think about that stuff as much. It's really no, what I, I did yeah. anyway. That's why that's why you, you feel okay buying some of these, especially ones that like you know have been around for more than a decade so if the pop's not through the roof now um you, you can feel pretty confident especially because it came out in an era where they weren't printing through the moon like they are now so yes. back in 2011 yes. you even if, even though it's not numbered you kind of got a good feel for what's out there especially if you're going psa 10. um then three three more quick ones these are cards i'm going to get graded so uh what i was mentioning uh we'll, we'll stick with brady i gotta give a shout out to shane shoebox legends the buyback man uh he he was nice enough Pretty much right after we uh, did our episode, he sent me a text with a link and he said, hey, because he know he knows I collect Tom Brady. And this is a Tom Brady buyback card. Very, very rare. Hard to find. Uh, it was on eBay. I, I pounced on it. Thanks to Shane. I never would have seen it had he not sent wow. it to me. And it's a uh, you know, it's a 2000 2012 Topps Brady card, which is, uh, you know, I have this card in PSA 10, but not the buyback. So I'm going to get this one graded. I looked at the pop report. There's like one that's ever been graded. So these are again tough, real tough cards. There's not a lot of them out there at all. So uh, excited! That's I awesome. found this one to get graded. Shane, Shane's spending our Shane, money. Yeah. <laughs> and then real quick, to uh, this is continuing on my Pedro Martinez. What's fun is um, you know he's not even though he's an all-time great pitcher, he's not like a player that's heavily collected because he's a pitcher, you know, and pitchers. Have, you know, are far less collected than uh, position players in baseball, as we know. Um, but there, so there's not a, and a lot, not a lot of his cards get graded compared to some of these other players. So um, you have to kind of hunt and sometimes they're raw. So like I've, I've, I'm going after some of these like late nineties refractors and numbered cards. And like, here's a, here's one I bought raw. I'm going to get graded. 
This is a uh, own the game 2000, uh, 2000, 2000, year 2000, peak Pedro at his peak. 99, 2000, he was at his peak. Uh, this is a shiny uh, own the game insert from Tops, Tops Chrome, Stat Star. That's awesome. It's a cool looking card, man. So I'm going to get this graded. Um, and then this is a big card. Have you ever heard of uh, uh, essential credentials? Yes, of course. They're big, man. Big card, especially in basketball. Like, uh, so this is a this is a card. What's pretty rare about these is they're uh, numbered, very low numbered card. This is a um, 2004 essential credentials future, and this card is numbered to only 61. So there's only 61 of these. Wow. But uh, just these cards are just awesome looking cards. They don't they don't grade well. Uh, so I don't expect to get a good grade on them. I'm, I'm fine with whatever. It's just like these are cards that are cool to hunt down because there's just not many out there. It's number yeah. to 61, but most of these essential credentials, if you look at the pop reports, there's like single digits that get graded because, you know, at the time when, when people were opening these, uh, you know, they weren't they weren't like heavily chased. Right. Like so like they are now. So a lot of people just threw them into boxes or threw them away. They weren't they weren't huge cards at the time. So there's very few of them still out there. Even it's number to 61, but there's probably, who knows, not, not that many at all. So it's been fun with this Pedro thing because it's a little different than how I go about, like when I collect Mickey Mantle and Tom Brady, Larry Bird, there's, there's a big collector base, obviously, for those guys. With Pedro, it's, um, you know, it's more niche and it's kind of different. Like you got to hunt down some of these other Pedro collectors on social media, like Instagram. There's not a lot of Pedro collectors. So I'm trying to like network a little because in order to find the ones I'm looking for, like Pedro PMGs, precious metal gems. Um, he comes from that era of cards that it's going to be really fun to hunt some of these down and you're going to have to do some weird things, maybe like, you know, connect with people. It's not just like go on eBay because a lot of these are just in weird places. Uh, they're raw and you got to, you know, pry them away from people basically that have been collecting Pedro for a long time. So uh, I'm working on it. So it's fun. It's, it's a new challenge, which I like. That's what I'm looking for here. Dude, that's awesome, Adam. Hey, you don't have that PSA 10 handy. I'd love to see that card again. Is it right there? Which one, though? That one. The uh, autograph one. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Traded. Oh, you got it? Hold on. No, the other one. What? Oh, that one's beautiful. No, the one that I traded you for the Ernie Banks. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't. It's, it's in the... Oh, okay. No, no worries. Other room in the house, so... Nope. Sorry. <laughs> so funny. Dude, that's awesome, Adam. I really love that. I, it's so weird because we don't... We didn't like, we don't discuss, we will send each other like, Hey, I picked this up. I picked this up. Um, but we don't like plan like, Hey, I'm going down this rabbit hole. I'm going down this rabbit hole. I just found out this last week that you're really diving into Pedro Martinez. And likewise, you probably, you know, you knew about the Mike Trout thing, but maybe you don't know about the pickups that I've been recently picking up and going after, but it, it's really fun to go down different avenues in collecting and going down these little offshoots. And the reason you you talked about like like you going down those cards, going down Pedro Martinez's era is the reason I think a lot of maybe it's pitcher because he's a pitcher, but also because he started in the junk wax era, the king of junk wax era, 1991. Like right. literally like the prime time where they're printing more cards than ever printed in their life. I think that has a lot to do with why people don't, don't have like a huge mass collection of Randy Johnson, you know, and Pedro Martinez. And you really have to go and hunt those certain cards down 
So uh, what I'm going to show is really funny too, because I've talked to you about like, yeah, we're not making any big purchases till the national. I, I have not even come close to sticking with that, but I've also <laughs> stuck with the fact that I haven't bought too many vintage cards because I'm going to try and save those for the national, but really I'm not finding cause I'm like an auction guy. I'm like a guy who likes to watch auctions and get my endorphins kicked in and like go, I call it going to the card shop, going to eBay and, and go like through the whole day's listings in like an hour. You can see every single PSA card that's going to end in an hour. And then I like the ones that I'm going to follow and watch till the end. And then at least I can see their prices and see what happens. There have been, it has been very hard to find well-centered vintage cards at auction. And that'll tie us into what we're going to talk about later. Because in the beginning of my whole transition, it was like, I was buying centered cards left and right on auction. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't find, I could find a million of them. Now, no longer. But let me show you, get that, show you guys the pickups that I've been working on. And it's going to tie into like what Adam's talking about. And mine's a little different era. So I'll put myself in solo mode. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Still kind of, I'm, I'm done being sick, but it's still in my lungs. So uh, I do have some turn back the clock cards, which I should, which we talked about. And I got the 86 with the stamp. Thanks to mm -hmm. Shane, shoebox legend. There we go. Well, so stoked. I bought this card about four months ago. And it never showed up. And then I found another one with a cooler stamp anyways. So I got my refund and then I got this one. So really glad to add that. And then I got to turn back the clock of my guy, Mike Trout, who you guys all know. I really stepped into collecting his cards. And this is a turn back the clock of, I, I forget what year that is. I think 2016 card is MVP season. I could be totally blown it right now. I'm not a pro on stats on that. But just an awesome card, and it's an 89 Tops remake. So it's oh. basically, it's like three cards in one. It's just a cool card. And that it's a throwback. Awesome. Yeah, it's a throwback Thursday. And this is numbered, I think, like 675. It's not numbered on the back. But they only, these are, these I'm finding, you're, they're not in packs. But you, they come out with cards on tops.com and you order them and then they, they that's it that's all of them so they made whenever somebody ordered these there was only 675 made I, i'm sure i'm off by the number but give or take 100 so i've been kind of going down this little rabbit hole a little bit it's been really fun but also realizing like the rabbit hole never ends there's like a jaws design that ended and i missed it and i was like oh man but it, it's endless. It, it's kind of ridiculous and they're not pack pulled. So I don't know how much the value is in these maybe one day, but just had to have this turn back the clock card, but go back to like, I got some big pickups here and I've been going out after a player who in 2001 was a huge, there was a huge, like everybody was going for him. And I remember going to Frankenson's collectibles and buying packs of tops trying to pull cards of this player and that is Ichiro and I realized that I at one time I had about 40 of his rookie cards graded it in 8.5 I just had a huge giant stack but about four years ago I sold all of them 
So I wanted to start collecting them again, but I wanted to start collecting his more rare and valuable ones. So, of course, you guys know I love the golds. I've showed this before. Wow. But, yeah, PSA 9. This is a combo card, so it hits all the boxes for me. It hits my gold, which I collect, which is a nostalgic thing for tops because it you know they started the whole gold trend and in 2001 is the first year they started numbering the golds to the year of the set so right here this is numbered to 2001 so that makes it rare in in of itself and then this card is like impossible to get in a high grade so you know this card is like there's only 36 of this card that exists in the world in a psa 9 and there's only six that exist in a PSA 10. So I found this for 1300 bucks. And I said, uh, I sent this card. I sent a picture of it to Adam and, and my buddy Shane. And I go, hey, what do you guys think about this? I've been hunting for a while, but I sent it. It's like you hunt for a long time and then you find something. And you're like, oh my gosh. So I sent it to them. And Adam's like, well, it's a little off-centered. Yeah, it's a little off-centered. Um top to bottom, maybe even side to side. But these normally sell for over $2,000. So I said 1300 bucks. It's an old slab. No brainer done. So I just bought it. I just said, ah, I don't care what you guys have to say. I'm just going to get it. <laughs> really stoked to have this. And I also have the Pujols solo card coming. Uh, I'll show that on a future episode, gold. And what's cool about these gold cards is they weren't produced, I don't think, I'm guessing, speculating but off of my um off of how i see the card this was an original card standard printed from tops and then they stamped it they literally stamped it with the gold label the card underneath you can see the card underneath it's a normal tops card but then they stamped it on top so it's, it's like the gold flake so very hard card to find and just one like perfect for my my collection and i'm just blown away that i could get it and, uh, uh, you know, it's one of those cards that, I, yeah, I, I never really thought about that card too much back then. But now that I see it, it's a special card. And it's going to be more special when both of those players make the Hall of Fame. So that I was just telling you not to buy it. I was saying, no, you shouldn't buy it because I was going to go try to buy it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, is, that card is fantastic. I mean, it, it two is. of uh, top, top 15, top 20 players of all time, probably on, on this, as a rookie card. That's that's incredible. And a gold man. Yeah, you nailed it with that one. Yeah, I kind of I own apology to somebody. I said this before, like they said, this is the best combo rookie card of all time. I still don't think it is. But in the future, I think it will earn its way to that. But right now, I still don't hold that in my position. And if you want to see my video about combo rookie cards, I, I ranked the ones. I think I ranked this like sixth or something. Um, I love the, oh, the combo cards that I own, but thank you. So um, all right. So the next one, we'll keep on the Ichiro. And now uh, this is a really fun one. You guys are going to like this. This is a, I'm a gold man. So another gold. And this is a 2018 Otani rookie card. Um, technically, this is rookie year. And this is Japan's finest. And this is numbered. This is a graded 10 numbered out of 2018. I scored this for much below comps during the WBC game in the eighth inning this ended. And I've been watching it for seven days. 
And it ended during the eighth inning. I put a bid in at like 3.30. I wanted this card. I wanted it for $200. And I was just like, yes, please. And Ichiro it also won the World Baseball Classic for his team on a hit. Uh, I forget what year. I'm going to get the year wrong. Um, 2006. But I'm going to get it wrong. So correct me in the, in the thing. But they both won it for their team. And then after I won this card, of course, he goes against my guy, Mike Trout, and strikes him out. And now this card, to me, is like a full-blown, one of the greatest cards ever because of that history and the fact that I bought it during the eighth inning of that game. I'll never forget when I bought this card. It makes it extra special and just random. Just so stoked. Hit, killed a couple birds with one stone because you guys know I – I bought a million Otani cards back in the day. I sold them. Still have some, but adds to my Angels collection and my Ichiro deal. So next card I'm going to show is another Ichiro 2001 Tops. Now this one is a PSA 9. Now this one is a variation. So I'm really trying. I'm no expert in this whole modern stuff. Um, and I bought a crap ton of modern cards you guys know i went through a time where i was going to franken some collectibles and spending thousands of dollars on boxes and opening them and ripping them open but 2001 i was just buying packs at franken sons um i just got out of high school so i i had never pulled this card but i bought one back then for 15 bucks and like i said i had a million of these graded in 8.5 but this is a variation and this is the Home team advantage, and this card costs 130 bucks. And what's crazy is the pop on these is ridiculously low. So I have his normal rookie, which I've had, which I bought, I don't know how long ago, but not crazy long ago, a year ago or something. Um, and this one right here was a hundred dollars. This one was 130, and this one there's only like 300 ever graded. And then this one, there's like 9,000 in them. They're the same price. So wow. I'm, it's crazy to me. It's like I should go buy up a million of these, right? Yeah. So to me, it's just it's just really fun for me to go down these alleys. And I didn't even know these existed, right? So I that's my other. Yeah. Really cool, right? And then I got two more cards. Oh, I got more than that. But next card is the finest. And this was inspired oh. by you, Adam. Yeah, this baby. Is, 2022 flashbacks. Uh, I think this is the 94 finest, 96 finest. Do you know? Uh, let's see, 22. It's probably 96. Either, yeah, it's either, it's probably 96, 95 or 96. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna mix it up. Yeah, well, I never purchased finest cards back in that era because I was, you know, I, I was I was in high school and younger. Yeah. And I, I just it's five bucks a pack or something. But this is the this is 2022, and this is the SP Rose Gold Refractor. This one's numbered out of 15. This is number eight, and it's just an awesome card. And it was like 40 bucks. I won an auction. And I go, yes, please, thank you. Numbered out of 15. Not that you know, there's probably a million numbered out of 15 each rows from this year. So it's not like I'm thinking this card's worth a lot of money, but I thought it was awesome. And I wanted it in my collection, and it sure looks really cool. So, next one is a really awesome pick of a Ichiro. 
and one that I'm going to do a video on later about the Yankees and all, all the contributors to the Yankees and players that play for the Yankees for a short period of time. And I didn't even remember that Ichiro played for the Yankees. And he played for the Yankees in 2012. And wow. maybe more. I don't know for sure. But I saw this card and this was a gold. And this was $40, $50 tops I won. Gemin 10. And this is a gold number to 2012. And I just thought it was awesome that it's a Yankees. Like, it's just killer. It's just that killer card for my collection. I was so stoked. And what's really funny about this card is the guy who sent it to me sent it in a box that was a numbered box. And I thought that someone sent me a gift that was an, an opened open in a gift so i said and then i i narrowed it down it took me two days to realize before i opened the box because i'm like oh this is the card that was supposed to arrive and it didn't long story short the guy sent me a message and said i thought it'd be really fun for you to open a pack up that was numbered and this would pop out i'm like there was no note or anything so uh really really cool story to go with this card and it's just awesome okay so i got i got four more cards I'll go through these fast. I got Albert Pujols. I'm really collecting. And this is his gold PSA nine numbered to 2018. This is 14 bucks. It's got my buddy, my trout in there. So no brainer for me, $14 all day long. Are you kidding me? Numbered. And then this bad boy right here, Otani and trout trying to collect all those there together. And oh, this is, I love the, that. Look at yeah. the fire going off. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it, this is just an awesome car. The Japanese um, writing right here, um, just really cool. And gold, of course, it's numbered out of 2019. This was uh, $60, put an offer in, and it was accepted. And this was from uh, Eric from um, Those Back Pages. He showed this card, and I go, oh, my gosh. So I instantly went on there, and I found one at a good price. Well, you wanted like 120 or something, but – Offered 60, like, and I, and I got it. So, boom, no brainer. Really cool. Next card is a vintage card for all you vintage lovers. This is a Willie Davis card. And I found this in a book that I always talk about the Topps book that shows every card ever made by Topps. And I just love this image. Willie Davis, obviously, it's the World Series. Not only does it say it, but you can see the World Series banner in the background. It's just a stunning card in the image. I bought three of these. One hasn't showed up. Figured I'll give one of these away at some point. Just really awesome cards. Love. It's one of my favorite images on a baseball card, actually. I just, I just love it. So really stoked to have that. And then one more card. Last one. It's a set of these uh, Yogi the Bear. What is this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, prevent forest fire cards. And I saw these oh, on George Diamond Yard sports cards. He he didn't have these ones, but he had another Yogi the Bear from Forest Fire got cards on there. And I remember getting these when I was a kid. I had these exact cards. So I went online and bought a set for like 10 bucks. Oh, I was just so stoked. And Reggie's in here and all my boys from the Angels. And I just wanted to feel him in my hand again. So really stoked to have that. Really stoked on these. Um, really stoked on all my pickups in it, and it really the 2001 era for me to collect all these cards. It's like you talk about it wasn't an it was an era that I was buying a bunch of cards, but I was selling all the cards that I pulled, and it wasn't a, 
I wasn't collecting them. So for me and you to go back and collect all these, you collecting Pedro, me collecting Ichiro, Pujols, and Trout, it's been a blast. Absolute blast. So, um, I got to say, I am, uh, before we go to the next next segment, um, I'm more excited about this baseball season than I have been in a long, long time, man. Uh, and, you know, part of it is cards, you know, seeing what Mike Trout does and so forth. But I just I'm really excited about the changes that baseball has made. And I think the games are going to be more fun to watch. And, man, I just hope the Angels, they, I can't, Otani and Trout on the same team. Let's stay healthy. Let's let's get them in the playoffs. They, I want to see Otani and Trout in meaningful games, like like in this World Baseball Classic. We need them in the playoffs, man. I want to see them. I want to see Otani pitching in huge games against the Yankees in the playoffs or whatever. I mean, baseball needs those guys in there, man. They, they got to do it this year. They got to they got to make some trades or I don't know what add some more pitching at the deadline if they have to. But got to get them in. A lot of teams make the playoffs now. I think in baseball. So we, this, you know, this come on with those guys. Keep them healthy. Let's get them in. It seems crazy that they didn't they don't make the playoffs because I feel like baseball is a baseball and basketball like I don't know the other sports too much. I don't know basketball too much, but I know like everyone makes the playoffs. Like you have to be the yeah. worst of worst not to make the playoffs. And you got the two somehow, best players in the world. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, um, it is but, crazy. Yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward. Yeah, to it. I I agree. There's a lot of hype behind baseball this year. It's really exciting, really fun. Um, all right, well let's go to the main segment of what we wanted to talk about. And that was the, our vintage cards in a bubble. And more specifically, we're going to bring up a couple of shows that discuss this and you guys can go and watch those shows. And I will put those in, um, in the description. So you can click on those and watch those for yourselves and get more of the information that maybe that we leave out, but we both kind of, it, it strikes a chord when you talk about vintage cards with me and Adam, because we're vintage collectors. Although you guys all saw a bunch of modern cards. I mean, modern cards are like just the beginning of our, of the iceberg for me. And I know Adam too. So um, where do you want to start with this, Adam, as far as how we want to approach this, you want to talk about what they said. I'll let you talk about what they said in their videos. I watched both of them and then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, I uh, yeah. First, I just want to say I I like to kind of get the I like to to dabble in different types of content. So I love the you know YouTube and I love um, you know a lot of the vintage collectors on YouTube and love watching the channels. Um, but I also like to listen to now and then you know uh, like Luca Nation right was the the original video that talked about this. There was a it's a long video, but. Um, yeah, this one right here, uh, perceived safety in rookies and low-grade vintage and um, deep value investor. I guess that's the – you can find uh, – I've seen him on um, Twitter and Instagram, deep value investor. And then Luca Nation's the channel, so you can watch it. It, it was a good interview, you know, and um, I just found it real interesting. You know, I, I just – I like I like that topic. Um, you know, for me, it's just, it's just fun. It doesn't affect me that much. Like, I'm not selling a lot of my cards or whatever, so – um, it's, but I just, I like the, the topic and basically a couple of the, couple of things that they mentioned, um, on the, the episode that, uh, I wanted to bring up and, um, get opinions on and, and get, obviously talk with you about is, you know, so the deep value investor guy, um, his, he is, uh, you know, he collects a lot of modern stuff. I don't, I don't think he collects vintage. So I find it interesting that 
there, there's, I find a very, um, there's a disconnect with a lot of collectors that maybe are newer, that maybe don't understand the vintage market or the vintage um, space, so to speak, but they do give their opinions on vintage a lot. And, and like the thing that really caught my attention when I was listening to it, you know, he was talking about, you know, obviously uh, prices of modern cards have plummeted, you know, 40, 50%, 60, 70% for a lot of these cards, um, including like Mike Trout cards. So, you know, regardless of the player. Uh, but now there's a lot of talk that like, you know, a lot of the people that were out on social media and, you know, showing their, their um, modern pickups, ultra modern pickups, uh, now they're out there showing like vintage cards and there's a lot more vintage. And I, I've noticed that like when I first started listening to podcasts and YouTube, one of the reasons I started my own is because honestly, at least everything I found in early 2021, there was no talk about vintage. There was, I was like, did people forget Mickey Mantle? Did people forget Willie Mays and all these guys? And like, I wanted to at least get a voice out there. Now I know there's a lot more. I just hadn't found a lot of it because when you first get into listening to podcasts and YouTube that you, you discover a lot of the bigger ones first and they were not talking any vintage at that time. Now, two or three years later, there's a lot of vintage talk. So the point was like, he said, you know, what is, uh, why is Willie Mays the night? He gave a kind of a weird example uh, to prove his point. Like he said, the, the 1952 tops Willie Mays, which is obviously an iconic card uh, and has a huge demand. He, he was kind of questioning like, well, why in just like since 2018 or 2019, why is that card 10 X? Um, and, and there's 4,000 of them or whatever graded by PSA across all grades. So he was kind of talking about population and saying maybe it doesn't deserve to be 10 X the price that it used to be. So that obviously, you know, kind of, I noticed on social media, there was a lot of comments and stuff. And my, my take on that, just one thing is I feel like, there is now probably five to 10 X the amount of collectors back in the hobby that want that card. So I don't think it's a bubble. I just think there's way more demand for that card and other great vintage cards just in the last three years. Like, you know, guys, you watch YouTube. How many of the channels do you see that came back, just came back into the hobby? They're our age and they came back in the last two or three years. And now they want to collect Willie Mays cards and Mickey Mantle and Clemente. Uh, so I just feel like there's just a huge segment more of that type of collector. And that's why the price has gone up. Demand has gone up. It's it's pretty simple. And it, it was kind of baffling to me that, you know, none that wasn't said. <laughs> so I don't I'll get, I guess you let you talk because I just talked for a while on that. But no, I loved it. That was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. And we have it's funny because we we kind of you you go down one road in my mind is thinking of a different different situation in that uh, it's I, the first thing that gets you is obviously the title. When, for me, it's like low-grade vintage is in a bubble. All yeah. I've talked about all year is how much I'm going out. I'm selling my high-grade vintage that doesn't look very good to buy low-grade vintage. So instantly I'm like, yes, I want to watch this video. And what is... What is his thesis? What's his theory behind this? And what, where, where is he getting this information? And what's his thoughts? I'm not a guy that just gets like, like I'm not going to be mad at someone for saying their opinion on things like this when they say it in a way that these guys talked about it. Very 
um, insightful and thoughtful. And they, they did some research and they did their due diligence. And, and when you watch um, Jeff's show, uh, Sports Card Investor, he brought this episode up. And they, they did a great job, the fact that they brought it up. And I think they brought it up as a safety net because they've been talking about vintage for the last year. But, you know, they, they brought it up, but they brought on two, two guys that they always have on their shows and two guys that, you know, I'm not, I can't judge someone else. I don't know how well they know vintage or anything. But from my point of view, I've been collecting vintage cards for 25 years. Yes, I've changed my opinion about what type of vintage I'm collecting, whether it's a PSA 7 that's off-centered or a PSA 4 that looks better than my PSA 7. That's what I have changed, not my collecting uh, of vintage cards. So there's a just because like someone like me who've been in it for 30 years, you know, learn something new. I don't, it's not that I just changed my opinion overnight about vintage cards and where they're headed. It's I've changed my opinion on what I'm going to collect within that space. So the guys that talk about the vintage seem to not know as much about the actual vintage world. And they haven't been immersed in collecting vintage cards as long as say me or you and many other people in this hobby they have they they have started collecting vintage because you know whether they did in the past or whether they have i don't know for sure but to me it came across where they just started collecting vintage because other guys are collecting vintage or their modern stuff got crushed and so they went to the vintage world and then they did their research on it which is awesome and they came up with these conclusions which to me were not not accurate so he talked about the 1952 tops Willie Mays. Now, yes, the Willie Mays 1952 top, say in a PSA 2, say it was, I'm just hairballing it, okay? Say it was $300 in a PSA 2 um, 10 years ago. And now it is, or even three years ago, before the pandemic, five years ago, okay? 300, 500 bucks, you say $500. Now it's $3,000 for a PSA 2 or 5,000. The difference to me and, and, and I totally understand where they're coming from when you look at the data. Their data, maybe it's accurate. Maybe their conclusion is accurate on the data. But these guys are not understanding I appeal. No one brought up I appeal as a scenario. No one said this PSA 2 is different than this PSA 2. It's so different than ultra modern or what I modern cards. I don't ultra modern, you know where it begins. Modern cards. It's just different it's a different concept a psa2 one psa2 um uh adam vintage sanctuary just did a video on his authentic willie mays 1952 it's a perfect example he did a video and i'll put that in the thing too you guys can look and then he went on ebay and showed he bought an authentic version so it means it could have been colored it could have been trimmed whatever there's no explanation because it's a psa card there's no explanation just authentic. It's a real one. <coughs> Excuse me. But he went on eBay and searched all the PSA authentics and PSA ones examples. And there wasn't one even close that looked as good as him, his. And his wasn't perfectly centered. His isn't one that, you know, it's not the, the ideal perfect card. But the point was the fact that there's, 
there, there, there's no way that you can judge on a pop report of a PSA two that's worth 10,000. You can't say they're all worth the same. There's just, the prices are so all over the place because the people who are collecting these cards understand that a one PSA two is not equal to another. I would gladly spend $4,000 on a really good looking PSA two Willie Mays and over another one that says PSA two for $1,000. I would gladly spend $4,000 on one that looks really good. The, the pop reports on vintage, I don't even look at. Now, I understand there's guys in this vintage world that are way more deeper than me as far as oddball stuff. Um, other stuff that they just doesn't exist and the pop reports mean something because there's only two that exist or there's only 10 that exist. But I'm talking about tops cards. I know tops cards. I know the prices of tops cards. I know price of tops vintage cards. I know this stuff. I'm an, I, I would consider myself an expert. You show me a card. I'll tell you what it's worth if it's a tops card. It's standard tops card. I will know what it's worth within reason. Now, that's what they didn't touch on. And that's what bothers me about is it in a bubble? No. It, 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 the short answer is no, it's not in a bubble. And, and, and yes, it could be in a bubble, right? Because, because, Yes, a PSA 2 went from 2000 to 10000 or whatever it was. But within that is a vintage a vintage professional, a guy who's collecting cards forever, really needs to look at that PSA 2 and see what they're buying. No PSA 2, no PSA 4, no PSA 5, 6, 7, even 8s are created equal. Only 9s and 10s are very close. But even those, you can really see different diamond cuts in nines um you really got to be careful when you're buying vintage cards and and to me that's what i've learned since youtube is i appeal is king i don't care if i'm spending say you you got a a sandy koufax rookie in a in a psa three and it's a thousand dollars and then you got a sandy koufax in a psa seven that is six thousand dollars if that psa3 is better centered and has really good eye appeal and some rounded corners i will spend two grand on that psa3 rather than that psa7 all day long and in the future the investment standpoint i will stand by this and you can write it down in your books in your journals in 10 years when the collectors you know uh like me like they grow and they they learn more they this the eye appeal thing is going to take over the vintage world. I'm telling you, that's my prediction. And I think that's what they didn't touch on. And, and, and yes, they could be in a bubble, meaning a PS, you know, they skyrocketed and they can come down. But you, you, that's not the point. The point is eye appeal. When you're collecting vintage, eye, vintage cards, it is the eye appeal that is king. And I can't stress it enough. I beat the dead horse. And I could be wrong one day but I don't care. And I'm really adamant and strong about it because I've been in this world forever. I've been in this vintage world forever. I can't stress it enough just because I haven't been in it with other people and watch YouTube and, and this stuff, just because I changed my collecting and I'm selling my PSA sevens. That's, that doesn't mean that I don't know prices of cards and know this world. And, and it is, it, it was really fun for me to watch that. So, yeah, I probably just ramble on like a fool, but 
No. I appeal is king. And that's what matters in vintage, not the grade. Yeah, I I agree 100%. Would, now, I don't want to get this feedback too, because I really, I, there's not a way to know it, but I want to know what other people feel that watch this video as far as in the comments. Do you feel uh, that the, let's say buying pool, right? I'm in it, you're in it. The buying pool for these vintage cards that that video was talking about, do you think, how many X do you think it, it is compared to 2018, let's say? From 2018 to right now, uh, how many more? Is it five times? Is it three times? Is it the same? Is it 10 times? How many more buyers are out there, potential buyers for a 52 maze? Uh, you know, or, or a lot of these iconic cards. I feel like, you know, the reason, like I said, the reason that it's 10X the price as it used to be four years ago is because, I mean, look at YouTube. There's all these guys that grew, you know, were born in the late seventies, early eighties, and they're around our age or even older, but like in our, in our sort of age bracket and the cards that they want the most are these vintage cards. And I don't see many of these guys leaving. And I don't see many of these guys that have bought these cards, selling these cards that, you know, so that YouTube's a small sample, but I think that that's an indicator of the larger hobby that, you know, prices are determined by the collectors in the hobby, right. And what they want. And I feel like those cards are just in demand now, 10, five to 10 times more than they were. Um, you know, that, that, that's just my thinking. And because he also said in the video, like, you know, why, why is uh, Michael Jordan, you know, certain Michael Jordan cards this much more expensive now? Why is Ken Griffey Jr. cards this much more expensive now? And it's the same answer. It's because the people that came back to the hobby or are now in the hobby, those are the cards they want. And those are the collectible cards they want. Uh, the, the ultra modern stuff, in my opinion, is not anywhere anywhere near as collectible. Meaning, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna collect uh, Willie Mays, it's an achievable thing. You can make the Willie Mays run. You can, you know, there's not a million Willie Mays rookie cards from all these different sets. If you want to collect an ultra modern guy, it's tough to figure out how you want to do it. Like, what do I want to collect? There's a million parallels, and it kind of it um, really kind of I think dilutes it, but also it's not, you don't have as enthusiastic of a, of a collector. Uh, if you're a player collector um, with vintage, it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect way to collect because there's not a million cards that you have to get, you know, and it's just, they're expensive, but it's just, I feel like it's way more collectible of an era of cards. And even some of these nineties ones where, you know, people want to collect the serial numbered ones where there's not a lot of them. It, it's more of a fun chase, but there's just so many cards now of the, the, the ultra modern cards that have crashed. That's, I think, part of the reason, too, is there's not as many end collectors. Uh, there's not, you know, I don't know Justin Herbert collectors, really, for the most part. There's probably some, right? But most of the people that buy Justin Herbert cards in football, they're trying to make money. You know, they're buying them because they, they hope they go up. Um, but people buying the 52 Mays tops, most of the people that buy that card are not buying it because they think, oh, I could sell it next year for more. Um, it, it's like, so that, I, I think there was just a lot, it was a lot of good points in that video, definitely, especially about the modern stuff that they talk about. But when it comes to like vintage and also like talking about why are certain cards more expensive now, it's not a bubble. It's because there's more collectors that want that card now. And honestly, I don't think they're going to leave the hobby from what I've seen. You know, I'm, I'm just going by what I see and obviously I could be wrong, but that's my opinion. So love to love to get other people's feedback on that too. And I recommend watching it's a longer video, but 
I found it entertaining. And I, you know, the sports card investor one was, it's maybe five minutes at the beginning about vintage, but this other one from Luca nation, uh, it was about an hour long, but I enjoyed the conversation and um, yeah, I'd love to get other people's feedback on it too. All right. So let me, I, 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 you know what I forgot to mention is, is uh, it's funny. I have the exact opposite position of um, the, the gentleman on the podcast, as far as grades go, he's simply looking He's looking at pop reports and saying, now, I know there's a lot of guys that have been in this hobby longer than me and have been collecting longer than me and know a lot more than me and also are in my little vintage community that I'm friends with and made friends with that have the exact opposite opinions of me. And that that's perfectly cool. I think what if there is a bubble in vintage cards, and I've been calling this in the last year, it's the high grade vintage that does not look like it should be high grade. There are so many PSA eights and so many PSA nines that are way diamond cut, way off centered, and just do not fit the bill of a good looking eye appeal card. So when you go in vintage, you're not do not collect the grade, collect the look of the card. I cannot say it enough. This is coming from a guy who used to collect the grades. All I did was collect sevens and eights. That's it. For 20 years, I just bought sevens and eights. Yep. I mean, literally, I talk about it. Sight unseen. Like, I, I was by myself. I buy them. I, thousand of them, you know? Like, I'm telling you from a guy who's been in this as long as I have by myself, the eye appeal is where it's at and it's where it's where I believe it is going and it's where the future of the vintage card world. And I think there's going to be a disconnect at some point of the grade to the card A PSA eight. I'm going to tell, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be PSA sixes that sell for more than PSA eights one day. And there's going to be PSA fours that sell for more than PSA eights. I have seen the worst looking PSA eights ever since like watching a couple of shows and they show like highest price, cards in PSA, you know, for the sales for the month, uh, John Wade Boggs fan. I don't want to tell him he's on my side or anything like that. He just, he does these great series and, and there's other ones too that I watch that do highest sales of the month on eBay. And some of these cards blow my mind. Like it's a guy at home saying, I'm just, I have a lot of money and I'm going to buy that card because it's an eight and it looks worse than some of these threes and fours. I'm not kidding you. Some of these cards do not look good. And I think that is going to change in the hobby, whether that happens in two years or 10 years. This isn't a, this is a long-term game. That's the best part about vintage. There aren't these wild swings. And, and the bubble talk is like, it, it, there aren't these giant wild swings, or there hasn't been, I should say. Um, and that that's super important to talk about. And, and I think a lot of the guys that talk about the vintage stuff, they just talk about grades. And it, it isn't about the grade. It, it really, truly isn't. And I think if there's anything, I'll put it right now. It's on tape. I'm not taking it down. Uh, uh, I think if there is a bubble in vintage, it is the high-grade bubble. Let me, say some, that. Let me say some of that. I, I, I understand that. I actually don't think um, – <laughs> I, I, I think on the high-grade, high even low eye appeal – the way I look at it, as long as there's a foundation to the purchase, what I mean by that is, you know, most 
the, the guys I know, they buy these vintage cards and a lot of them low grade or whatever that they think look good or whatever. Uh, the reason they're buying it is because they, they love the card and they want the card and they want to keep it long term. Okay. Uh, and then you get on the high end too. Uh, some of these guys that like we, you know, they, they pay crazy prices for uh, PSA nine stuff, PSA eights and some even PSA tens that to your point, don't look like they should be. They still have a foundation in most cases, I think, because they're not buying them to, you know, if they're paying those crazy prices, they're not probably buying them and thinking, oh, I'm going to flip it and sell it. They're going to keep it. But usually I think a lot of those are because of the registry. I think a lot of those, they're just buying, oh, I need, I, I'll go, I'll go higher in the registry if I get a higher grade in this card. So I'm just, I got a lot of money. So I'm going to, I don't care what the comps are. I'm just buying it. They're not going to sell. They're probably not going to sell that card either. Right. They're keeping it. So as long as the intent is I'm going to keep that card, I'm not going to just, you know, there's not going to be a million selling and that's going to drop the price. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I, I still think those high ends will still, no matter what they look like, are still going to climb of the, of the greats, you know, of the, of the all time great players uh, who knows with it's a, it's a whole other topic of, um, you know, kind of second tier vintage guys or whatever. When we're talking Willie Mays and stuff, even if it doesn't look great, if it's got a higher grade, there's still a foundation, which is that registry. Unless they get rid of that, I'm telling you, that props up a lot of these cards. And it's not, I don't, I don't buy just for the registry. I do some of the registry. Last point I want to make. We've gone an hour here, but I do want to make one last point. Take your time. Guys, I see, because I mentioned registry. I see a lot of like sarcastic comments. It's fine. That's fine. A lot of people making fun of uh, like in jest in, in good. It's all in good fun. Uh, of the you know the the registry and oh oh at least you got it for your registry and you're collecting you know for your registry kind of making fun of that like you're wasting your money you're buying cars just for the registry just remember guys the way you look at that right you don't do the registry so you're thinking oh you're crazy you're spending all this money on so you can do better in the registry just remember that there's probably millions of people who look at you that don't collect cards that look at you and say you spent all this money on cardboard so just think about that, right? Before you start criticizing, like, oh, these guys are doing the registry. They, you know, they should, they can't believe they're spending all this money on cards because they want to, you know, make the runs or whatever, make the registry. Uh, people could easily say that about just collectors in general, whether you, <laughs> even if you collect raw cards, you spent that on what piece of cardboard? Uh, so just, you know, be nice because guys are trying to do what they want to do. They're having fun with it. And, um, you know, hold the judgment on that stuff because, you know, I, I dabble in the registry and I think it's fun. And, uh, you know, people could spend their money how they want to spend it. Who cares? I, what? Why do people care what, like, I see so much talk about like, whoa, I can't believe you spent that. Or like, it's not your money. Who cares? I have the card and you don't. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, it doesn't, I, I see a lot of that. And uh, I'm kind of getting a little tired of, of the money talk as far as like, you know, making fun of people that spend overpaid for a card it's like they bought the card. They have they want the card, so they have it. Like they maybe make more money than you. So they don't they don't tell you that, oh, you paid uh you you don't make as much money. Like they're not like criticizing you for certain things. So leave them alone, you know. <laughs> That's my rant. I, I love I love that, Adam. And I love that we both have opposite thoughts on like where the price of like these high grade vintage are going. Now, yeah, high grade vintage is 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 yeah, it's like I just love it. And, and you know what? You're coming from a place of the other talk is like, dude, when we talk about our opinions, there are opinions. Like these are our collections. My collection is my collection. I can do whatever the heck I want to do with my collection. 
if you think I'm out of my mind for selling my sevens and eights and buying fours, I don't care. I don't care. It's my collection and vice versa. It's cool, but it's fun to talk about and discuss, but it is not fun to make fun of someone else for what they do with their money and their collect in their collection. I, I have no problem putting my thoughts out there and, and how I am approaching this hobby and where I put my money and I'm okay with it. And, and, when, and I have gotten some weird comments and I, and, and it, it, and I'll either, either I will communicate with that comment or I will delete it because my headspace will go crazy if I even type one sentence back to that person right. because there are some people who just want to cause problems in the hobby and all they want to do is talk about this and that in a negative content and tell this and, and they want to see you fail. I know there's people that want to see me fail. Of course there is. They want me to be wrong because they're on the other side of it or they just don't like me as a person it's just like i don't want to communicate with that type of person and my mind won't won't i won't do this because this is supposed to be fun but i also love talking about where i think it's going and i'm and i'm at the point in my life where it's enjoyable for me to discuss my opinions with other collectors and and it's great that we have two different opinions adam on things and we we also mesh on some that's the whole point of this hobby and the whole point of these discussions. So we'll end it with the fact that this is your hobby. You guys need to make this hobby how you want it to be. Now I watched a recent episode about 1948 Bowman with Jake legends never die and Mike Moynihan and Jake to me is a guy who, if you're going to like put people in um, categories and collecting world which i don't agree with i think we anyone in this hobby is in the hot is in the hobby however they do it as long as they're not negative and negative people and mean but but he's like if i'm going to say a pure collector he's like a pure collector and and so if you want to go at at this on a sense of just collect the cards that you love and what we me and adam stand for and how we want to build this show is we just want you to collect cards that you love. When we talk about things, we, we, we're just talking about our opinions and, and how we're taking the collection, our own collections, and how we're approaching the hobby is our own take. And if you disagree, that is perfectly fine and you can orient your collection how you want. And, and we're just putting our opinions out there. So if you want to be the pure collector and just collect because you want one through 100, you want the whole set, and you don't care about this or that, that is awesome. And that's fantastic. But I, I care. I, I, I love talking about PSA 4s and, and why <laughs> SGC is this and why this is this and why, why, why this sucks and this is great. We love it. And, uh, and I can speak for both of us. We just love baseball cards and we love all cards and we love collecting. So any final words, Adam? Before we get a whole bunch of comments, <laughs> no, I, I and I love comments. I like uh, you know as long as they're in and even people that I, I love when people disagree with me. I'm I'm told I love that you know all day long. It's just you know when when people get a little judgmental on you know how people collect and all that stuff. 
yeah, it's it that that kind of bugs me a little bit, you know, because like you said, we're all in the hobby. Like, let no one is is uh, people are spending their money how they want to spend it. You know what I mean? And as long as it's uh, in good fun, and you know, they're in, I'm here to improve my collection and meet cr- cool people like you. That's it. That's the only reason I'm on this thing. Uh, I feel like I'm able to gain so much knowledge and and uh, inspiration from from YouTube and, and podcasts and stuff. That's why I listen to it. And it's a great way to, to you know, I never would have met you. So that's the only reason I'm here. But I, I love the comments. I'm actually, um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to make a video either tomorrow or the next day highlighting one of, I think, the best comments on one of my last videos. I'm going to make a video about that and, and, and answer that because it was a long comment. So I figured I, I, I don't want to type all the stuff back. So I'll just make a video. Uh, and I might do that like as an ongoing thing, pick the my favorite comment on a video and then make another video about it. <laughs> so Dude, I, love, I love that. I love, the, that. I love when that. I first started, when I first started making uh, videos or whatever and, and podcasts, I got no feedback. And I was like, man, I need some feedback. I, this is why I'm doing it. I want to I want to interact. So I appreciate every comment. I don't want to steer anyone, anyone from doing that. Um, but yeah, just, you know, have fun. That's what I'm doing. That's it. Awesome. Okay. Final words. I don't think we're in a vintage bubble and, and that's my final words. <laughs> it's only a bubble. If the people leave that came back, right. That's then the it. whole collecting world is doomed. So. Then, then it's just going to go back to the, whatever it was, but that's okay. But I, I don't think uh, those people are leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm here to stay. I'm, not, I'm never left. So, so <laughs> you're yeah. never left. Uh, all right, oh, guys, that was great fun. Adam, always a pleasure. Episode number eight. Another yeah, episode, another one, episode number, eight. number eight in the books, guys. Leave some comments, um, kind comments. Um, we we yeah, just have fun with this hobby and and hobby how you want a hobby. You, we all have different monies and different budgets and different thoughts in our mind, and they're all relevant to your own collection and the own way the way you want to shape your own collection is up to you. So do what you what makes you feel good and what makes you sleep good at night and makes you happy. So okay, double shaka you. <laughs>